Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 63. Before we get into the content today, I have a few preliminary things I want to talk to you about, and then we'll get into continuing the series on the qualifications of an elder. But I want to let you know about the Canon Press giveaway that we have going on right now. We have nine books that we're giving away from Canon Press. Six books by Douglas Wilson, one book by Toby Sumter, one book by Rachel Jankovic, and then one book by Rebecca Merkel. These are great books. I want to encourage you to go sign up. You can follow the link on Twitter and Facebook and sign up. The giveaway is going to go on through October, and I hope these giveaways have been fun for you. I'm trying to get something new every single month. I think for the last six or seven months, we've had a really nice giveaways. And so if you want to go sign up and try to get some free books, go for it. I hope you are the winner. The uh, second thing is I want to tell you again about the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. We have started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. And the Fruitful and Fearless podcast is led by my wife, Jordan, and our friend, Lexi Sove. Jordan and Lexi have been friends for, I don't know, a year or so now and talk regularly, and they decided to put together this podcast, and it's really, really good, and I want to encourage you to go and subscribe on iTunes, and then if you would, leave a rating and review because everybody says that's helpful, and I'm assuming that everybody's right, you know, because when has everybody been wrong? But please do that. And listen to the content. There's going to be a new episode uploaded every Wednesday, so being be looking out for that. This Wednesday is going to be why, uh, let's see, what, what's the title? How to Not Hate Sunday Mornings for Pastors' Wives. And so if you've got a... If you're married and you're in the pastorate, you realize that Sunday mornings are really difficult for your wife and for your children, and encourage them to listen to that. Jordan and Lexi do a really good job explaining how you can not hate Sunday mornings as a pastor's wife. It's also for women in general, but more specifically geared for pastor's wives. So you want to have your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance check that out and listen to that, and you as well. It's, it's really, really good. So men, check out the Fruitful and Fearless podcast as well. Uh, the third thing I want to tell you about is the intensive. Go sign up at theshepherdscrook.co, and I want you to come to the intensive. It's in Eminence, Missouri, May 5th to the 7th. We've already got some people that have committed and confirmed that they're going, and it's going to be pastors floating down a river camping out on the side of a river, talking about pastoral ministry. And the theme this year is the manly pastor. And how are we as men specifically geared and built for this work of pastoral ministry? And so I want you to check that out and please consider coming. And then finally, if you need confidential care, just somebody to talk to about marital problems, about the difficulties on your elder board. Um, if you're an elder team that needs help and coaching on what pastoral ministry is, please get a hold of me. But if you do need any confidential care, I want to be there just to listen and pray. I'm not a mental health professional, but I can listen and pray and give some biblical counsel into situations that you're facing. And so please consider giving me a call, reaching out over email, Instagram, whatever. And then if you want pastoral coaching, if you want coaching on who is a pastor and what does a pastor do, you know, these two massive questions in pastoral ministry of identity and the work of who am I and what am I supposed to be doing biblically, I would love to walk through those things with you or your elder team. If you have an elder retreat or pastor retreat coming up, I would love to come out and speak to your men and just walk through the Bible with them and with you. So please consider reaching out. Okay, now to the content. 
We're walking through the qualifications of being an elder. And let me just read straight from 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Last week, we started off the series talking about godly desire. You have to aspire to this work. And then this week, we see the next qualification, and it's just kind of hidden there in the text, and really it's just assumed by the text. But in our day, in kind of a woke society, and unfortunately in a woke church world and environment, you can't just assume anything. The text says he desires a noble task. So we have to explain it, and some people want to explain it away. But we don't want to do that. We want to be faithful to the word. The text says he, to be qualified to be an overseer, a person must be male. Now, in the history of the church and in the history of the world, this has not been controversial at all. And it shouldn't be today. We should just accept that and realize, yes, this is a manly call. That's why God has called men to do this. But we've got a very, very feminized understanding of what pastoral ministry is today. And therefore, we think, oh, well, a woman can do this work. What's the big deal? Pastors just encourage people once a week, and they send encouraging notes through the week, and they drink coffee with people. Well, what's the big deal about that? A woman could do that just as good as a man. Why has God specifically used this this language of male or he in this text. There's got to be a reason for this, the woke people say. Um, And then they just try to explain it away and say, well, it's no big deal. That was cultural and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, but until about 50 years ago, this is just generally, or maybe 70 years ago, generally accepted and just clear. Yes, of course, a pastor has to be a male. That's what God has said. And pastoral work is hard work. So it's it's meant to be masculine. It, It is by definition, masculine. It was just a given. But today, that's unfortunately not the case. Let me just give you one example from 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 4, why this is a manly work, and it's not for women. Women are not built for this kind of work. And we've gone from this, again, because I think of the coffee shop mentality of pastoral ministry. And coffee shops aren't bad, and coffee's not bad, but the face-to-face interaction and just a lot of caring and loving and all that kind of stuff that's associated with the the priestly side of pastoral ministry, we kind of lose sight of some of the manly side of pastoral ministry. Just consider this with me. This is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with complete patience in the teaching. Now let's consider what the pastor is to do with the word. The pastor is called, Paul charged Timothy to do this, and this is fresh in my mind because we just got to ordain yesterday uh, Adam Lewis, who's actually one of the board members for the Shepherd's Crook, and we got to ordain him at Christ Church Carbondale yesterday. It was a fantastic morning. So some of this is just fresh to me because of the sermon that was preached yesterday and just thinking through Adam's ordination. But if a pastor is going to be a minister of the word. He's going to have to preach the word, and then he's going to do these these four commands here. And number one is to reprove. To be a pastor is to reprove people with the word. Now, this happens regularly. Regularly, both in preaching and in counseling and working with people in the church, a pastor is going to have to reprove people. He's going to have to reprove people. He's going to get in their face in a loving way, it says with complete patience, but he's going to have to look eye to eye and at times stand nose to nose with people and reprove them. Tell them what they're doing is violating God's law. Let me give you an example. A while back, I was talking with 
a gentleman that used to be a part of our church, and he blatantly told me that he believes that God is with him and is approving of him leaving his wife and child just a couple months back. And I had to tell him, dude, you're actually violating God's law. You're violating God's law. God does not want you to do this. It's, it's 100% clear. And I had to reprove him. Now, unfortunately, this man has abandoned the faith and his family in the church. Now, fortunately, we had a situation that was somewhat similar to that about a year and a half ago. And this man has repented and returned, which is some of the joys of church discipline when you see God bring somebody home. And it's been amazing just to talk with that man, my friend, a good friend. He's, I mean, the guy was in my my favorites contact list, and he has returned to Christ, which is amazing. Unfortunately, this other man is not, and I had to reprove him. And a part of pastoral ministry that's going to be regularly there through the decades, year in and year out, multiple times a year, is this thing called reproving. And this is a job for men. It would not be appropriate for a woman in the church to reprove another man regularly in the church over the years, time and time again. But unfortunately, in the local church and in pastoral ministry, we've lost this idea, largely lost this idea, that we are to reprove people with the word. Therefore, pastoral ministry has just been relegated to this idea of affirmation. We just need people who will affirm people and gather around people and kind of be their coach to cheer them on and rah, rah, rah kind of thing. But a massive aspect of pastoral ministry that's never going away is this word reprove. And then we get the word rebuke. To be in pastoral ministry is to be committed to rebuking people and rebuking this world. We have to do this, again, in the context of being patient in our teaching. Patience and teaching go along with this. But we are called to rebuke. And to do that, to rebuke people and the world with the word, requires a backbone. This is why God has called men to do this work. Real men are rebuked by real men, not by womanly men or by women. See, this sounds strange to our ears. I realize this. As I'm saying it, I realize that some of you are going to be hearing this and not hearing it anywhere else. And you're going to be thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is just so different. And that's just unfortunate that that's the case, that that's the world we live in. But biblically speaking, and just with reality, think about the men that you know that are real men. And then think about a woman standing and trying to proclaim the scriptures or sitting in an office or talking to somebody in their home and trying to rebuke them eye to eye. Number one, it would be inappropriate. It would be violating God's word. And I, I wouldn't be in a room, and this is not chauvinism. I'm just telling you, if I'm going to be rebuked, it's going to need to be by a strong man who's willing to look at me in the eye and rebuke me. I'm just telling you that men need other men to rebuke them when they need to be rebuked and be rebuked by the word. Men respond to that. Real men do, anyways. And so rebuking is a part of pastoral ministry, and that's, again, why God has called men to this task. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Exhort. A part of pastoral ministry is to exhort the flock of God among us. We need to stand up and exhort the word. We need to proclaim it faithfully, all of its parts, not just the parts that we think are uh, edifying, because after all, all scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching, all of it's profitable for teaching, not just some of it, not just the palpable parts, not just the parts that are uh, conveniently in collaboration with with whatever the, the culture at that time is saying, 
We have to have a prophetic voice as we lean in and proclaim all of God's word for all of life. And so pastoral ministry requires exhorting and then doing it with complete patience in the teaching. Sobriety of mind, we talked about a couple weeks ago, and I kind of got this order out of, out of whack a little bit. But we are called to be completely patient in the teaching. And that means as we're exhorting and as we're rebuking and as we're reproving, we are emotionally stable. And we're going to be patient through the process. God has given men a level of emotional stability that's different than women. Again, another non-popular thing to say, but just a reality is that men are built with a different emotional state than women, and women are built with a different emotional state than men. And men are called to do these things, so in the context of reproving and rebuking and exhorting, being completely patient which requires a sound mind and a non-emotional mind to be able to think clearly in moments where clear thinking is required to bring patience to a situation where they're also having to rebuke. A man who is impatient in his rebuke is going to be a bully. But a man who's called and qualified to be a pastor has to have patience with his rebuking, has to have patience with his reproving, has to have patience with his exhorting. And these are just a few reasons that God has called and required pastors to be men. Now, we could go into the fact Jesus only called men to be the apostles. We could go back and look at the kings in the Old Testament, and there could be some objections and say, well, people say, well, what about the judges, and then what about Deborah? And the easy response to the Deborah deal is is just praise God. Praise God that he rose, rose up Deborah, but Deborah was not a pastor. Okay, we're give, we're given qualifications here, and we don't get our qualifications for pastoral ministry today from a description of God raising up a judge in the Old Testament. That's not normative for today. It's a real easy answer. Praise God for Deborah. That's not that doesn't have anything to do with pastoral ministry today. Okay, and so the qualification number two that we're looking at as we're working through the the qualifications list in First Timothy chapter three is the word he. If you're going to be a pastor. You have to be male. And if you're going to be a pastor, you have to be a qualified male. This is a manly call. And God doesn't call many men to do this. But those he does realize that it is indeed a noble task. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.